0: Hello, I'm Ben Keen, your host, and you're listening to a Virgin Startup podcast produced with support from our friends at Virgin Money. This podcast is a recording of a meetup which took place in November 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. In this episode, we zoomed in on a subject which has been brought into focus since the pandemic, mental health as a founder. Now, we've all experienced the very unique set of challenges of running a startup and so we wanted to bring together an expert panel to help founders manage their own well-being and that of their teams at work. Joining me was Pip Jameson, the founder of The Dots, James Rutledge, who founded workplace well-being company Sanctus, and Sandra De Monte, who founded MindBerry, who provides on-demand counselling services. This was such a timely and open conversation, and it's well worth a listen if you or someone else you know has been struggling at work. So get comfy, here we go. Remember that all our meetups are available as podcasts. Please subscribe, review and rate to help others discover them. And I'm now really excited to welcome uh, three um, founders, entrepreneurs and leaders in the world of uh, mental health um, and well-being. Pit Jameson, founder of The Dots. James Rutledge, founder of Sanctus, and Sandra De Monte, founder of Mindberry. Sandra's in the building first. Got on stage. Hey, Sandra. Hey, James. And Pip, look
1: at that. Hello, everyone.
0: That is an X Factor level of slick production. Yes. And um,
2: really... Anxiety level goes high.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. There's only 134 people here oh, hanging of off your every word more coming by the minute it's like real-time data isn't it feedback if the number goes down you're like oh god quick change it oh well it's lovely to see you all welcome to back to the virgin startup stage i know you've all been connected with this community and played a played a role already so welcome back in a slightly different format um and as you know tonight we wanted to dive into this topic of mental well-being which has become a buzzword over the last few years but in a in a positive way for many people, because it's about actually having more open and honest conversations about the journey of being a founder of a business and a, and a small enterprise. And the three of you have all helped a lot of people on this journey. So we're really lucky to have you here tonight. And what I thought would be a good way to start is to do some personal storytelling, as this is part of very much part of your leadership and what you do. Um, and so if we could go around one at a time, and spend a few minutes each, maybe just sharing your own journey, um, both in terms of entrepreneurship, but also your mental, your own mental well-being journey and what, what you've learned from it so far. I appreciate this could be an hour each. Uh, so we'll just 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 take us into the beginning of the journey or pick it up wherever you want. And um, maybe, Pip, I can, we can come to you first and imma- imagine that, that the 150 people that are on this have never met you before. So so give them your story
1: oh bless you bless you for reminding me that I though um so yeah my name is Pip Jameson I'm the founder of The Dots um yeah for, I mean I guess firstly for those that don't know The Dots um Forbes called us the next LinkedIn and I guess that's my my vision um yeah my journey uh well I'm, I'm dyslexic and I guess mm-hmm. I found that very challenging when I was younger from definitely a mental health perspective um but I'm also a non-tech tech founder so I'm like that crazy person who didn't study computer science just really hated LinkedIn and realized it was built for a very corporate uh very archaic way of work that didn't value things like people's mental health um so yeah I somewhat naively just went all right I'm gonna build a completely different solution that's fit for the modern generation so you know, we are a professional network, but big differences are, for example, our algorithm is based on kindness. And um, so the more kind and supportive the community is,
0: the higher they come up in search results. And hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got to, I've got to interrupt here. Uh, how do you build an algorithm based on kind of, I know that's your Coca-Cola, you can't give that away. Uh, is, <laughs> is it, it, it Technically, uh, for a non-techie, is that just on keywords that people use and, it, and that then triggers a, a bigger response? Okay.
1: Yeah, so basically the way it works is the community, we have like uh, forum areas where people help and support each other. Mm-hmm. So if people ask useful questions that the other community responds to, engage with and like, they'll come higher in search results. And if people answer questions and they like and engage with those questions, you come higher in search results. So the kinder you are to other people, the higher you come up in search, which I guess is like everything I hate about social media these days is how... Negative and horrible it is. Like I'd be the worst person to run Twitter. I would have deleted Trump years ago. um So everything I'm trying to create is the antithesis oh. to that, where it feels inclusive and kind. And you can ask really. I mean, some of the questions that people ask on the community break my heart. Like, yeah. you know, people are going through mass redundancies at the moment. They're really struggling with mental health and but we've created a safe environment where anyone can ask anything and suddenly you've got an army of people that are kind of supporting you on that journey. So, but it's yeah, it's such, I
0: don't such know. an obvious solution to so many of the problems we have online. What you, what you've built, it's really, it's really simple and yet powerful.
1: Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, like as entrepreneurs know, a lot of time it is about simple solutions. It's just about kind of getting them done, I guess. And you know, don't get me wrong. This hasn't been an easy journey. It's not like I came up with a simple solution to go up against LinkedIn, and it's been uh, it's been a, a massive roller coaster nightmare as well. And we'll talk about that more early, but or later. Um, that's my dyslexia, earlier, later. Um,
0: well, you you share that with Richard Branson, and you, you're both doing okay in life. Um, and just just give, bring us up to date, um, Pip. So, what does the dots and, and your entrepreneurial life look like this year?
1: Yeah, so it's been like, it's definitely kind of good and bad. So, I mean, our community has swelled beyond belief, obviously, because we were kind of built for the future of work and the future just arrived a little faster than we expected. So, like, we've just, you know, we've just about hit, you know, a million members on the site. Um, The challenges have been, you know, we've had to move the whole team remote. Um, We've had to support a lot of our community members who are really struggling. So, but... In a way, that's kind of a privilege as well, because it's nice to be, even though things are challenging, it's nice to be able to give back. So and, you know, to be completely candid, my business model is based on recruitment and no one's bloody recruiting at the moment. But thank God I have very, very, very supportive shareholders.
0: (laughs) And and just just on that roller coaster journey yourself, I mean, you're experienced now with it but when when for example your recruitment revenue stream falls off a cliff i remember talking to dom jackman at escape the city earlier this year and he's had 10 years of just really solid uh, revenue for his recruitment business and in march it went down by 95%. i mean what what happened in in your version of that situation did you how did you deal with it yeah
1: i mean the challenging well the plus side is two thirds of our clients are long-term clients. So they're signed up for like one to three years. So it wasn't as like horrific as it could have been. Um, but then it was just about thinking about where are the opportunities. So obviously we saw a massive rise in tech. So we leaned heavily into tech roles. And, you know, we already have relationships with like Google and LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn, God, That's definitely a Freudian slip. LinkedIn and Apple, who we were using the site. So it's kind of leaning into those clients. But also, we're seeing a massive rise in remote roles, and so just started to lean into businesses where they were still hiring, but hiring remotely. But okay. Yeah, my life on full tech over the last six months.
0: <laughs> it sounds to me that you're also an excellent reframer of, of difficult situations, which is a key skill in this in this game. Um, thanks for the intro, Pip Sandra. Coming to you next. What's what's your story? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, hi, I'm Sandra Devontae, the founder of Mindberry. Mindberry is an online platform connecting mental well-being professionals uh, to their clients. So, and here we are. Uh, yeah, I am a founder and I'm also a mental well-being professional. And I think uh, there is, I come next to that, you know, that I can open my toolbox to you all and, and can uh, share it with you about the tips and tricks and how you can look after yourself in a better way. But what I would like to share with you first is a little bit my own story uh, going through that because therefore we are here. And uh, what can I say? It was not an easy one because when I I started out 2016, all what I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to support people. I wanted to help people. I wanted to have an impact. And uh, I thought it's easy. Yeah, I have my studies. I have the idea. Uh, I had fantastic co-founders, and let's start out. But I can tell you now, almost four years later, uh, a completely different story. So um, if I would uh, anticipated in the beginning, uh, I would never have thought about that. But then, in retrospect, when I look back, you know, the struggle times, they were the most uh, in the end of the day, the most throwing parts, yeah, where I learned extremely. I learned that we cannot go around it. Yeah, we have
1: to go through it.
2: The and, obstacle
0: uh, is the way, as as uh, as Ryan Holiday says. So, Ted, can you would you be happy to share a couple of those big challenges that you faced and how yeah. you how you yeah. drove through them?
2: Yes, yeah, sure. Um, uh, I think it was because mental well being. Of course, I, I I knew not everything. Of course, not because even then here you have to always learn. But it is about the business. It's the business side. It's about, you know, um, pitching to investors. Uh, I, I dreaded public speaking. I, I love to talk about uh, mental well-being and, like, here now it's my passion. One-to-one sessions, workshops with 50, 60 people, not a problem at all. But when it comes to pitching uh, to uh, 100 investors mm-hmm. and stick to the plan, uh, it, it was a nightmare for me, I have to be honest. But then, of course, you have to... Feel the fear and do it anyway and go out there and find some mentors, find some founders, merchant startup, fantastic support. And I, I learned my way, not around it, I learned it through it. And uh, uh, and then, of course, on top of it is you have to watch your own mental well-being um, uh, that you don't uh, hit the wall. I had lost here a lot of losses. Uh, uh, happiness and sadness was knitted together. I got married, but then my mother died, my, my father-in-law died, and my best friend, and, uh, and all in one year. So I, by the end of the year, I I, I, I pulled the plug. So I, I had some two months of uh, a break, uh, not with Mindberry, but not uh, giving giving counseling sessions and coaching sessions with others because I went through my own bereavement in grieving. And I checked in with my former tutor, and I had some counseling sessions for two months. And uh, uh, I wouldn't say I was back on track because with these things it needs time to adjust. And uh, I think it's very, very important that we we talk about mental well-being with founders. Because uh, uh, don't be shy to check in with someone who can help you uh, to talk about it. Uh, 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 James Fusantus, fantastic company uh, 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 in my as well. So it's it's all about or even talking to founders. Mm. I think that. Fantastic! Uh, not only reading about uh, books with with big big shots, uh, uh, go to events like this and find some 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 friends, some fantastic network, and be human and and share your vulnerability.
0: Thank you, Sandra. That's a wonderful introduction, and we're going to grab lots more wis- wisdom from you over the coming hour. Uh, James, great to see you. Welcome to Virgin Startup. Um, I saw your LinkedIn post last week about. Your kind of fifty-word summary of the craziness of twenty twenty, uh, but maybe you can take us back a little bit before and tell us a, a bit more about your own journey.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, and hi everyone. Um, I um, I kind of fell into startups and entrepreneurship. To be honest, I never never grew up wanting to be a businessman. You know, a lot a lot of people dream of sort of yeah growing up and being Gordon Gecko, or and I, I never did. I had no idea what I wanted to do, um, I went to university in Sheffield and met my friend and then co-founder George who was much more entrepreneurial and he kind of really inspired me to be honest. Ended up starting a business at of university which was my first business and to be honest started that business out of um, kind of out of boredom to be honest with you, out of lack, of lack of a better idea, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. What was it? It was a um, <laughs> it was a social network for live sport. Uh, I laugh because it's you know as a student I had no problems. So I was searching for to start a business out of one of my only interests, which was watching watching football, and um, which is very sort of cliche, and uh, and really jumped into that business because I wanted to start a business. You know I wasn't following any p- passion or purpose. It was it was out of um, Wanting something to do and kind of out of ego, really, to be honest with you, wanting to kind of say that I was a startup founder and and get to call myself a CEO. Um, Ended up going down the rabbit hole with that business. I mean, we raised 600K, we grew a team um, and then sort of unceremoniously uh, decided to shut down the business. And uh, I really struggled with my mental health after that for the first time ever um because I put so much of myself into it It it's all I had in my life you know I dropped out of university it was just all I did I had no relationship nothing you know I was completely closed off to that side of my life put it all into my business so when it went uh, I went with it to be honest and um I suppose ironically I then kind of did that again but this time with a with a business that was really solving a problem because i was solving my own problem which was my mental health i was struggling with my mental health i didn't know where to turn so i founded sanctus um to, to kind of create that space for myself and, and for many others and sanctus has been much more successful um yet, you know even though i've started a mental health business i've, I've kind of found myself falling back into the same patterns of over identifying with the business. So when science is good, I'm good. When science is bad, I'm bad. And, um, and that's been a pretty, especially in the last 12 months, that's been a pretty, pretty dark hole actually. Um, yes, I still feel very in it. Like, you know, I still feel like I'm sort of living and breathing it, um, with the kind of, not irony, but the fact that now um, that the mission I sort of I'm so attached to it is a mental health mission, you know, it's to inspire people to work on their mental health like we do our physical health. And that's what, you know, that's what we do. We partner with businesses to create support for employees. But uh, as a founder, I'm still, I'm still on the precipice. You know, I'm still, I'm still falling into all patterns of, yeah, putting too much of myself into my work. Um, and much more that that we can that that we can come on to so
0: um, well thank thanks for being so open straight away James. and I, i'd love to ask you so much about the sanctus journey because i think it's fascinating i remember when it burst onto the scene and you were blogging everything you were sharing everything and i was just like this is fantastic it feels like a completely fresh approach and i've seen how many how many um how much positive impact you've had as an organization um and you you're leading nicely to the kind of the first point that i want to ask you all about which is really is it possible to uh, can you have too much emotional uh, investment and personal identity tied up with your business your brand your project and um if it is if it is if we do put too much into it is there a way of can we pull back from it and still have success um what have you what have you all experienced or seen in that space
3: yes and yes for me like you can 100% be too attached. I mean, I've, I've spent the last five years being too attached to, to Sanctus, even though that's exactly what the business is not about. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm a bit of a walk-and-talking irony. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm its own product. Like I'm its biggest customer. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the, the knife edge is that in the early stages of starting something new, I think – that attachment and that deep involvement is extremely important because it gives the business life, it really helps to get a business off the ground because you're you're willing this thing that into existence that's got more chance of dying than it's got of living. So you've got to give it so much founding energy, which requires so much of your energy. Yeah, when a business gets to a certain stage, I think it actually becomes quite unhealthy, both for the founder and for the business, for the, for the business to be too... Attached um, to the founder, I'm never going to give birth. But I think it's very like motherhood, from what I hear. <laughs> uh, and I think there's lots. You're of a
0: sim- brave man for bringing that comparison into the mix. But <laughs> I, think,
3: I think there's loads of there's loads of similarities yeah. in you know in because you are as a founder, you know, you're creating life. Mm. You, you really are. I don't. I'm not saying one's harder or one's better or worse. I'm just. There's just a lot of similarities there, and I think um, yes, you do need to put a lot of yourself into into it at the start, but also I think it can be very dangerous, essentially, um, to put too much of yourself. And I think actually it's good for you and for the business to create more separation as uh, as time goes on.
0: Sandra, you're nodding away.
2: Yeah, I, I so can echo that, and I'm so I James, um, I thank you so much for your for your transparency because. Even though I'm a mental well-being professional, so to say, I can so agree and 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 uh, really, uh, I I only can say it is so dangerous. In the beginning, you need that passion because it's driving force. But then it's what you also said. It's it's quite to find the balance that you do not define yourself only uh, with your business, and 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 that is quite tricky. And I think it is important that because it can be a lonely place, yeah, as a founder, uh, uh, no doubt. It can be a lonely place because you have to be strong for your team, you have to be strong for your shareholders, you have to be strong for everyone. And then at the end of the day, you're uh, a human being. And uh, I think it's, uh, uh yeah, I, I'm, I'm very touched by what you said, James, uh, and I really can fully rely on that as well. Uh-huh. It's, it's the same. It's here the same, completely, yeah.
0: And Pip, it, you know, is Pip Jameson and the dots one and the same thing? Or, like, have you managed to separate your identities and and as a result? No, I
1: haven't no. managed to separate. I mean, to be complete, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you have all these aspirations to separate and you just, you know, it, it's just... But, but as, you know, both Sandra and James said, in those early days you can't, you know, you have to you have to breathe life into this. And I, I, James, I love the analogy of of children, but I can't say I don't have children, so I'm not sure if it's completely correct. But I, I do feel like that. I feel like as it's got older, I have been able to pull back more. So, you know, it's not as like mental and, you know, things that have, kept me sane is for example on Sundays I have um airplane mode so everything goes on airplane mode I have a complete digital detox on Sunday and if something's going wrong with the platform everyone knows to like contact my husband Um,
0: um, you just see him stressing out in the corner
1: (laughs) but I think um yeah I, I think it was Andreessen Horowitz in one of his books kind of said like think about the worst thing that could happen and actually that helped me a lot where I was like okay. That fear of failure really, was, you know, stifling me, especially this is actually my first startup. I'm sorry, my second startup. My first startup, it was really, really um, problematic. Um, and I think it was like once you sort of go, well, what happens if you do fail? And the reality is, is like, my husband's still going to love me. My family's still going to love me. And my friends are just going to be really proud. I gave it a shot, and I think once I started getting over that, okay, oh my god, I might actually, if it fails, I might actually go on holiday.
3: <laughs>
1: so I think once I shifted my kind of brain and had my some days of complete de- decompression, and then, then it was better. But I I, I, I don't, I, I found it impossible to separate completely. But we're, you know, we're, you know, we're. A, our last round was 4 million I'm not sure I'm going to be able to separate until series B or C to be honest. Um, I have to manage my
0: mental health. And the yeah and, and I think that perspective thing is is super important. I had a conversation with one of the early funded virgin startup companies the other day um, so this is Rather Vias who set up something called the Flash Pack five years ago and, and for the last decade they've been one of the most exciting travel brands. This is kind of you know group travel for people in their 30s who are single and um, they've, they've built this am- amazing brand, amazing business. They hired 200 people last year and they went into administration last month and, and it's because, you know, the, the revenue stream stopped in March and they were hoping to get it going again in the autumn. They can't furlough forever. And, uh, and, and I had a chat with her, um, and, and I was like, geez, Radha, cause they were, they'd worked so hard for 10 years, uh, an amazing couple leading the business and, uh, and, and I said, how are, you, how are you? How are you doing? Um and she said, Well, it's been tough, especially with our employees um, and obviously our customers. But um we you know, we've had a great 10 years. We've built something amazing together. And they have lost the financial bonus that hopefully comes with scaling, but they've got each other. And I think that was really interesting. Not to I mean, they're a couple in life as well as work. Um and, and so I guess my next question was gonna be around. How can you foresee the burnout? How can you foresee the, this this like meltdown that we, we hear about so often that, that you've all experienced in some ways? So what are the warning signs, and how can we basically prepare, prepare ourselves for them so that we don't fall into that? Sandra, what's your, what are your tips for this?
2: I, I think it is uh, – of course, in the beginning, we have a lot of energy, and you don't have so many setbacks. Yeah, once you go through, and then of course, it, it, it comes with it. And I think it is also, also where you build up your resilience. But then uh, moving forward, I think it is um, working with founders and, and also with business owners. And then also for my own story, I think it is when sleep, for example, when you, you realize everything is out of shape, out of sync, your sleeping pattern changes uh uh all your pattern or changes that uh, you all of a sudden have an incredible sarcasm uh uh where you almost uh really I would not say a black humor is fantastic but when you have a sarcasm about it uh, around what you do and uh and all of a sudden also feel also very isolated because you don't have time to meet your friends anymore and uh and you just feel like you you are like a uh, yeah like a hamster in the wheel. I think there are the signs and where you should really think about the oxygen mask. Yeah, because uh, on the, on the plane uh, you only can help yourself and you have to pull the plug. And you yourself, you can say, okay, I think it's now time. Either I check in, talk to a counselor, a coach, or to a mentor, or I just uh, really find my balance back. But it is very hard, it is very hard. It is also good when you have a team to talk to, of course, um, and you trust, uh, but I think for me, I think it's it's always a big, big alarm sign when you start changing um, rituals, patterns in your lifestyle physically as well. When your diet changes completely and the sleeping pattern and everything, because, That is an alarm sign because that is then something when your physical health is is out of sync, the mental health will follow definitely because that is to be influenced.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And James, for you, is it, are there signs now that you're aware of that you you can see that are triggers that that you respond to, to to stop sliding faster?
3: Yeah, there are. However, I would, you know, I'd have to be honest and say it's taken me years to build up the knowledge of myself to know what they are and to be able to catch them. It's, it's a real skill to be able to do that. And uh, it takes a lot of self-development, a lot of inner work to understand and know those and I'd uh, adventure that a lot of us haven't done that work yet, to be honest. Um, I think, still think it's rare to, to kind of go there. And for me, yeah, there's some really. I think it's going to be different for everyone. There's some really simple ones, like my, for example, like my WhatsApp, right? If my WhatsApp's got like 30 unread, unresponded to messages, I know something's going down because I'm not messaging my friends, I'm not messaging my mum or my dad. Uh, If I've not checked, if not called my mum and dad for a while, if my email inbox is all over the place, um, you know, obvious things like if I'm waking up in the middle of the night with my heart pounding, probably probably something going on. If I'm waking up at seven seven a.m. on a on a Saturday, buzzed, which often happens, then um yeah, there's potentially something on my mind as well. But it takes a lot of self-knowledge to to know the difference between what's genuine passion mm-hmm. and then because some days I wake up on a Sunday and I can't wait to get my laptop out and get into it and all but to know and to be able to listen to yourself and be like, oh is that me? overworking because actually i'm scared of what my life is if i've got no business so you know it, t- it takes a lot to to know that um so yeah i think i've learned it over time um but it, it takes time to learn that and it comes with age as well right like you know I'm, I'm only 29 so like i just think you know it takes a bit of time to start businesses young these days i mean when last time my first business i was like 22 Literally, didn't even. I only just learned how to put a wash on. Just I <laughs> So like, I could barely look after myself. So you know these as well. So yeah, echo what Sandra said about just having 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 people around you is just really important. um Who are just sort of unequivocally there for you as a person. I think is just extremely important.
0: And for all of those those things that are, that make us start like you know our sleep patterns go out, we start to feel overwhelmed by too many messages coming at us. What's behind this? And and I'm I'm curious to know for each of you when you when you do feel these stress levels go up, or you see it in other people because you're helping them, and they and they're coming to you with their, their mental health problems. Um, is it is it like not being able to control the situation? Because is it is it uncertainty? What what is the thing that often triggers? And then. If we can recognise that, does that then help us figure out how to deal with the the stress better? Um, Pip, do you do you see do you understand when you're getting stressed now what what's behind it and therefore can rationalise and deal with it better?
1: Yeah, I mean like you know I get massive anxiety on the email thing. Okay. Um, But like classic me, I just always try and come up with solutions. So I actually just boomerang all non-essential emails to um, another time. So I just use a little tool so that the only emails in my inbox are emails that I have to deal with. And that's helped me massively. A WhatsApp i've given up on years ago everyone if they they know if they if they love me they'll call me i <laughs> just like i was like just there's this kind of i just basically went oh my gosh i don't even want to look at facebook i haven't logged in for years and the amount of messages but i i just watched that point going do you know what people who love me most and i want to actually genuinely spend time with they're going to call me or maybe call my husband so i've sort of just cleared all the clutter in my life um and I think the most important thing for me is I, I know when I'm burning out. Where if I get sick because I very rarely get sick, so if I start getting a cold, I know I'm burning out. I wake up in the middle of the night. And oh, that's definitely a sign. Um, but for me, it's, it's been sleep has been my my joy. It's like that if I if I if I have a 12 hour night, I can just clear everything or well, not everything, but a lot of it. Um, but I think it's also been my team. Um, So I've been really careful to make sure I like our core value at the dots is positivity. And it's not people that don't challenge me. It's about people that take the solutions, not problems. And by having a really positive team, it really helps me on the really bad days because I'm not having to deal with them being political or negative or nasty. They're all like, we've got this. And so I can be really open as a leader and say, listen, I'm on my period. I feel like shit. Can uh, you just help uh. me? And uh, and then and they do, and they're really kind and it's genuine. It's a place of not and that's probably been the most important thing I've done is made the day to day with my team enjoyable and positive. That helps a lot with my when I'm having bad days.
0: Uh, uh. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Pip. I want want us to put ourselves in the shoes, and I know Sandra and James, you do this for a living, um, put ourselves in the shoes of the people who are are watching and with us tonight um, who are considering starting something. What things uh, can they put in place now, either in terms of what they could learn or tactics um, that might prepare them for the fact that there's going to be severe ups and downs, that there's going to be failure, There's going to be what are the things they could do, Sandra, that could like strengthen them before they start.
2: I think is you know to know or to see failure as a it can be a teacher. It can be a teacher, and it doesn't have to be the the enemy or the undertaker. And uh, but of course, it's uh, because we define ourselves and also with success. Uh, but I think the success and mistakes or errors or failure, it is a part of life. And I think important, important is how we come out of it. And Like I said, I, I dreaded public speaking and I can tell you, and I'm sure that you start uh, John and Jonathan, they can tell you stories about it. It was dreadful. And I thought really, oh my God, how well I always can do that, you know, talking to investors and everything. And, I had to. I had to go through it. I had to accept my my mistakes. I had to accept my my failure. Uh, and I think I think that is the best tip, maybe in in the beginning of really find the balance uh, of not, of course, feel the passion and go forward with it, uh, but don't define yourself with it. And if there are setbacks, it is alright because. You can learn from it. And if you, if you check all the big stories, Amazon and, and LinkedIn, the founder, and, and so many great people, um, they had really also uh, failure aside or, or business setbacks, uh, but they learned from it. So I think uh, that would be my advice to see um, as a teacher, not only as an enemy. It's always easier than say it, but uh, it would help that that
0: public speaking fear is a classic one Sandra and I it reminds me of a really great community called I don't know if you come across them called fuck up mites and it was like Please. the opposite of Ted where you could just go on stage and talk about your fuck ups when James is nodding away going yeah I was invited to that and uh no so so there's things like this where I think we're I I think some of us struggle with this word failure I know it's semantics but they are important and like the identity of failure is something that we're, I know whether it's just British culture or something like people are like, well, how do I embrace failure? Like I've been taught all my life that you know, keep going, keep going, never give up, don't fail, don't fail, and and yet well, here we are. It's just the Americanization of like embracing failure and celebrating it. And I, I think that some people are uncomfortable with that. What, what do you see with your Sanctus work, James, on that front?
3: Um. Sorry, I couldn't stop thinking about it. when you asked that question about putting ourselves in the shoes of people in the audience. Yes, I, um, I was. I'm not avoiding that question, by the way. I was. I was just putting myself there and just thinking, God, like, how many times have I, you know, been to events or in person? And I thought, fucking hell, like, oh, sorry, I don't know if I swear, but I thought, well, I have now. So what are we going to do? Um, I thought, God, I'm going to be that guy again, like, because there's so much. This and am I that guy now? Because like there's so many times I would I'd go to events or I'd go on LinkedIn or I'd be in the dark of night on like some some competitors like Instagram, founders Instagram page, and I'm like checking them out and what they're up to at the weekend and like comparing myself to other other founders, other businesses, and it's just, God, it's just so unhealthy. Um, and I just had this like horror moment of of hoping that I'm not uh, or were not being com- there's not people in the audience comparing their business or whatever to to us. I'm so sorry I could not say that, but um, mm. yeah, I mean, I was deep, deeply afraid of afraid of afraid of failure. Um, I actually knew, and this is God's truth, God's honest truth. I knew on week one of joining the accelerator for our first business that our business wasn't right. I just, I, I knew it because I never forget. Like this great investor came in to do a talk, and he was like. Your business has to be solving a problem and you have to be deeply passionate about that problem you're solving. And I literally remember thinking on week one, I'm not. So I knew from like week one that business was destined to fail. Yeah, I spent three and a half years avoiding that because I was so scared of what that would mean. Because I, you know, the thought of going back to uni or telling my mates or my parents or people, whoever they are, these voices I'd made up in my head that I failed, I just couldn't do. So, I was so afraid of it for a long, long time. And I lived in fear. I was driven by fear, if anything. Um, Yeah. And it was a, and it just meant in the end that I just pushed so much of myself away. You know, I just, and it's deeply, deeply unsatisfying and uh, just bad for my mental health, right? I just turned into a completely different version of myself. which yeah, which 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 caused me a lot of pain and suffering in the end. So I was really uh, yeah, really afraid of failure. Um, yeah, and the, and the shame of it, I think, to be honest. So and and has
0: that is that is that I think that's so that is so common for so many people, even though the majority of us won't admit it. So thank you for doing it for us um what about now james are you in a you know with that that learning and that maturity yeah. are, you, are you in a different place so if sanctus doesn't work out for whatever reason and there's it, it, from my where i'm sitting it, it looks like it should do the opposite of work out not working out because it's so important and you're doing such a good job with it but uh but but if it didn't work out how does that make you feel now i mean obviously apart from being disappointed are you, yeah. is there a strong fear attached to that failure or is it shifted
3: it's, it's really current for me, actually, because I've, um, a couple of weeks ago, made the decision to step down as a CEO and hire a new CEO for Sanctus. So, gone through a real process of, of letting go and um, I've had to, like, let myself go, li- literally. And I've had to sit with this feeling of, like, okay, like, I could leave if I wanted to. And that's really important. And it sounds crazy to say because I'm standing here wearing a Sanctus t-shirt and, and loving it, but you know, to feel able to say, I could leave if I wanted to, and I'd still be enough. I think mean, Pip said it earlier, and that is just like, that's been a huge moment for me. Because the truth is, a couple of years ago, I couldn't have said that. I just could not have said that. I would not have felt in, in my life. So, without my business in my life, and uh, yeah, and it doesn't mean I think any less of Sanctus, but it's not part of. It's a business. Like it's a business I started. It is separate from me. And and that's to say, and, and when, when I when I view it like that, I get a bit more comfortable with failure because I'm not so attached to it. You know, everyone here possibly or people listening will be thinking about starting businesses. It's like it's not you. you you're like you're gonna put a lot of yourself into it because you're gonna create it. But if it doesn't work out, it's 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 a business you started that didn't work out. It's not, you're a failure. And, and that's a really fine distinction and a really subtle one, but an extremely important one.
0: I think, I, yeah, there's so much there. And I think building on that, and I'm interested in what it's like for you, Pitt, with the responsibility you have building this very successful community is that when, when you've got people, if you, you, let's say we deal with our own egos and the fear of failures and all that, at least to a, when we really have to, right. then you've got the reality of, We've built something that works here that people uh, want to be passionate about as well. It's, it's, it's really important to them, but it also it's, we're helping them solve real, real problems and make a real difference in their lives, uh, whether they're customers or much more. Um, so, so, for me, I find that's that's the challenge. Is like, okay, I can see myself out of this. I can walk away if it doesn't work out. But well, hang on a second. There's, we've got something here that really matters, um, and it, whether it's the employment, employing other people, or the, or the impact you're having. How do you, is that something you find challenging or how do you deal with that level of responsibility as a successful business person?
1: It's, it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse in a very strange way. I mean, you know, with with my community now, like, you know, we've got this whole group of people that kind of depend on us and even more so now because they are using us to find new jobs or pivot their career or start their businesses. And Also, we've always had a massive social purpose behind the dots, which is, you know, positive algorithms, diversity. So I love men, by the way, but 68% of our community are female, 31% BAME, 16% LGBT. So everything I've tried to do is democratize opportunities. And so I feel like if I let them down, or if, if I fail, I'm letting them down. So that is a massive stress. But also on the on the flip side, I think. There's this Japanese philosophy, and I always mispronounce it, but I think it's itiyagi or itaii, which says the the true career happiness is where you combine what you love with what you're good at, um, with what you get paid for, but most importantly, what the world needs. Yeah. And so, the
0: sweet uh, spot of the sweetest spot of all, sure, like it's just over there. It's just over there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and weirdly, that gives me positive energy to yeah. help me push through. So yes, I have this massive like. Responsibility to the community I built because I built this thing and it's working for them, and I can't let I can't let them down. But at the same time, that gives me lots of energy and positivity, and you know the messages we get just bring like the whole team up all the time. So yeah, it it it's definitely a blessing and a, and a curse.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I want it. We've got about ten more minutes before we go into sessions, and there's quite a few more things I want us to go through. I want to talk about the the, the structure of business. Um, and it's evolving quite a lot in an exciting way right now. So we've seen the, the kind of purposeful business, B Corp movement, the sort of the success of social, the mainstreaming of social enterprise. Um, and and that's great. But there's still the fundraising, the shareholders, that kind of classic capitalist model, which often drives a lot of the stress uh, for founders. Um, do we do we need to change how we structure Business and if so, or, or what structures do you think we can use to our advantage to help the well-being of ourselves and our fellow team members, so that we're not signing up to something or putting something in place which down the line is going to come back and create a big stress point for us? Because so you know whether it's equity of founders and the complexity of that, or like uh, shareholder pressure or boards, or you know what 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 have you done that's helped you like find a way through this maze? And what would, you, what would you advise others? Sandra?
2: Yeah. I always thought if I would be, a few years ago, at the stage where I am now, I would be happy everything is perfect. But now I'm in this stage, and now, you know, other problems grow and come along. So I think it is a, a never-ending story. And I think when it comes to business, um, uh, I know my limits as well, and, and, and we are growing now, um, unfortunately. I know it sounds weird because uh, it's my it's, it's business, uh, uh, mental wellbeing and mental health for us with B two B. But of course we we are at uh, it, it COVID times and everything is virtual, so we we are so uh, overloaded with work at the moment. So we are we are hiring as well, and and I have to I know my I know my limits uh, uh, as a as a as a business person. Yeah, I'm a mental wellbeing professional. Of course, I, I made it so far, so I must have done something right. And I like it in a way. But uh, there's this fantastic saying, you have to break a neck if you want to have an omelet. Yeah, so I have to. And, uh, but what I really, what I gained it is, it would be great if maybe uh, some serial entrepreneurs who really are out there, uh, uh, big shots, uh, open up uh, with mentorships and more communities like uh, uh, Virgin Startup uh, that you can share stories that you can support each other, um, I think that would help absolutely. But I think it is, from my my points, from what I've heard from other founders, I think it will never end in a way. It will never, because there is always the next challenge. And then, you go, then there's the next and the next. I think that the art is how to get through it.
0: Yeah, yeah, Just never stop learning. Um, right. Pip, what about business structures? Is there is there things you would have done differently? You advise people how to do differently or, or make the most of now.
1: I, I think, firstly, I think the most important thing is there is this perception that we all have to raise capital. Um, you know, you don't, right? It's um, you know, I mean, raising money is literally like going into a marriage, but without the benefit of makeup sex. You know, you're stuck with them. This is no longer your business. There, you know, you are you have a boss right and we become entrepreneurs sometimes because we don't want a boss but you have a boss um and actually that's another kind of not truth because your customers in your communities are your bosses too but i yeah so i think firstly only raise if you have to and i think what i've found really important is to put people around me that do the things that bring my energy so i have an incredible coo who absolutely loves things like shareholder comms and doing mm-hmm. board packs and negotiations and legal and finance and all the things I hate. Like I love the product. I love working with the community and I love working on the product. A, 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 an email from one of my shareholders literally brings me out and rides. I hate it. He loves it. It's like this massive game for him. So I've just put around me people who love the things that I hate doing. And that's been the way to maximize my energy and happiness, but also the team around me, because it's what they love doing mm. as well. Like, I'm a starter, not a finisher. Like, I'm I'm always full of ideas, but I've got an incredible product manager who sees things through. So, like, that's that's been my, I guess, trick to it all, um, is just surround yourself with people who just love the stuff you
3: hate. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And James, what about you? I mean, I think the worst thing about business is business. Like, I love starting businesses and like creating things, and then like all the shit that comes with business is just absolutely crap and just like so sucking of energy. And, and it comes with all this like glamour and like status, and people think that like raising money is cool and like it's not. Like, shareholder agreements is just crap, it's so boring, it's just rubbish. Um, so, like, yeah, the worst thing about business is uh, is, is business. In my, it's like business. In my, like, the art of actually starting a business is creating a product, a community, a brand. Like, it's the real love of it. It's the real craft. So, uh, yeah, the whole game and the whole model, as you as you rightly touched on, is it's just the worst. And, and unfortunately, it's created. A it's created at times what can be like a pretty toxic startup culture mm-hmm. where people are just out for themselves, you know, like the politics, the sort of um, like sucking up to people. Like it's just grim. And um, it's it's unfortunate, I think, like that so much cash has come into it and there's just this ruthless capitalism behind it that it's, uh, it's kind of dirtied something really, really. Lovely in, in, in some, some respects. That's a bit of a bleak outlook. It's not always like that, but I think also like it doesn't have to be that way. Like mm. the thing that I learned, the more I do is like you can just do what you want when you start. But like literally, like people are like there's all these rules and things you can't do. You can sell shares, buy them back, delete them. You know, raise money, don't raise money. Like you can build a business in like three billion different ways. Yeah, there's just this one like pinnacle of success which like two people in the world have done it's just like it's just rubbish um so yeah i think you can like kind of do what you want start a business and it can be so organic but unfortunately we're trapped in this like model of entrepreneurship that that's actually been painted by people who aren't even entrepreneurs it's just it's so bizarre um, and yeah.
0: Yeah. And that glorification of entrepreneurship is something that leads to the the poor mental well-being. There's a great, by the way, there's a great, um, I wouldn't say it's a great series, but it's quite an entertaining uh, uh, satire on Silicon Valley on Amazon Prime at the moment, moment called Silicon Valley. And it's about a, fa- about a fake tech startup that goes out and raises money. And this is chaos the whole way through. They're trying to build a, the next Google. Um, and it's just a reminder of how flawed so much of that culture is. And it's worked out for a few, but not for the many. Um, and the, there are so many paths, and um, this community is full of people who've taken those different. But I love following the what's called the no-code tech community, which are people basically using all the tools online. They're not, you know, they're not techies like like you were weren't Pip and I. I'm not, but they are out there going. Okay, here's something interesting I could use to yeah. test this and build that. And we're having lots of success, and there's another great community called Indie Hackers. Uh, which are also bootstra- kind of bootstrappers or like self-starters, not going out and raising money, not going on big accelerator programs and, and are finding a way with a little loan from Virgin Startup along the way. Um, so so that we're, we're rounding up our conversation here and um, we've just scratched the surface, but it's been so valuable, I'm sure. To, I see so many great comments coming um, in. And I know we're going to have really good conversations over the next hour. But I wanted to just um, finish by each of you sharing... Kind of how people um, who are listening tonight can connect with you and your projects and your work. So, so Sandra with Mindberry, what's the? I know you're going to have an a, a exclusive conversation with the Bundle Club in a moment. But um, how can people connect with you? And how what what can you offer? How can you support people who are who are running businesses? Uh,
2: uh, so, if you like, you can connect with me via LinkedIn. Uh, uh, there is also the Mindberry page. Get in touch with us and the team, and uh, we can offer you online coaching sessions we can offer you online counseling just just you don't always have to have a problem just check in with us and and let's talk and let's connect i think that sometimes is the most what helps anyway
0: thank you sandra so check out Mindberry and follow follow that and james what about sanctus what's the opportunity for people
3: um connect with me on linkedin please that'd be great i love i love linkedin sorry (laughs) pips yeah I love LinkedIn. It. It's great. James, um, create
0: a profile on the dots tonight and people can. Connect yeah, okay, with you that. That. Uh, yeah, it's a kind it's a kinder of place to connect. Yeah.
3: And um yeah, I don't know, then you'll find Sanctus, Sanctus website. Um, and, and
0: in terms of Sanctus's work now, like I know you work you started working off with individuals, now you work with brands and businesses. Tell us uh, like if people are working in organizations, what's the opportunity? It's what how can Sanctus help them?
3: Yes. Yeah, so um, our core offering is to partner with a business to support the business in um, supporting their employees with their mental health, basically. So um, we'll partner end to end from designing a strategy all the way through to creating support. And our core support is Sanctus Coaching, where we uh, make Sanctus Coaches available to people for uh, confidential, impartial, one-on-one conversations. Um, Brilliant. Brilliant. And- Show us your T-shirts so they can see the brand. the
0: brilliant thing is here is that I don't know if James will will get angry with me sharing this but I seem to remember reading that the your first revenue stream was selling those t-shirts
3: there's more where there's more there's more where that came from but yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) how do you start a mental health business sell some t-shirts with a name on it it's brilliant and Pip tell us about the dots and how people can get involved
1: Okay, well, definitely don't message me on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, Silence. It's, uh, it's like my well, Lou, like, yeah. I don't think I've like, a connection on LinkedIn for a very long time. Um, yeah, um, you can message me on the dots. Um, in terms of how to support, I'll actually just pop in a link here. It's kind of like how startups can use the dots to build teams and collaborate and get helpful, supportive advice. Um, so, yeah, you can literally just get involved. With that, and uh, you can message. I always message people back. It, it might take me a while, but I always
0: get back to anyone that messages me. Fantastic, thanks, Bit. And I want to extract in this last minute one tip from each of you. So let's imagine, you know, it's the middle of January. We're still a few months away from seeing the end of whatever lockdown we're in. The uh, the business is really hard. We're struggling to figure out how to pivot or to raise our money or to pay our next round of wages. So we're we're in a low moment imagine that and it's still you know it's hard to see the way out what is what's the one or two things that or the first thing that you would suggest doing and or the thing that someone can write on a note and stick on their wall for when the times get tough that they can do to help pull themselves out of that hole sandra
2: you can answer yourself compassion
0: okay Okay. Yeah. And in your case, what does that mean? So when you're being kind to yourself, does that mean just turning everything off and going for a, a walk around the lake in Sweden? or?
2: It's about self-care. Okay. It's also about self-care. It's about you worth it to check in either with MindBerry or with Sanctus. So, and also connect with the people around you. I think that is also sometimes it helps so much, like Pip said, uh, and, and also James, you know, with the family around it uh, connects, it keeps you warm. It's a, a chicken noodle soup for your soul. Yeah. Chicken I noodle soup it's...
0: for your soul. That's it. A... Exactly.
2: That, that is what we need at the moment.
0: Great. Yes. Be kind to yourself. That's my first post-it note. I'm sticking that up <laughs> for the dark the dark <laughs> night. James, yeah. what's your top tip?
3: Um, connect. Connect with yourself, with others, um, the world, nature um you know whatever whatever gives you that feeling of connection i think if i had to say one thing and just open i actually talk to people mm. you know, especially people you feel safe speaking to great so they get
0: just leave your number in the um chat here james and people can call <laughs> you at three in the morning and pip what, what about yourself what's your advice
1: definitely sleep um walk it's really good for me. Whenever I'm I'm worried, I just walk and I put in my earphones and I'll listen to a book and I'll just walk. Um, and I think of um, the most important thing I will is a, a network of other founders that support me. So I'm in a group of eight founders. We catch up once a month um, and we share our deepest, darkest fears. And it's actually been the most important thing, I guess, in my career because sometimes I just need people I can feel safe and say, what I'm scared about and then for them to share their journeys and, and I'm not, I'm not alone
0: in that case. So a founding group is always wonderful. Get your founders bubble set up, even if it is on WhatsApp. Um, (laughs) Sandra, James and Pip, it's been a real pleasure over the last hour hanging out with you. I wish it was in person so we could, uh, we could have a hug and uh, hang out with all these wonderful people who've been following along as well. But thank you for being here tonight. Sandra, I know you're going to meet the, meet a bunch of the funded club in a minute um all power to you over the next period and stay in touch thanks so much guys take care you've been listening to a virgin startup podcast virgin startup are a not-for-profit organization set up to help founders start up and thrive don't be shy let us know what you thought by leaving a review whenever you listen to your podcast and to find more about how we can help you start and scale your business head over to virginstartup.org Thanks to our friends at Virgin Money, we're able to make our meetups free to attend, providing thousands of early stage founders with the support they need to start and scale businesses in the UK. Virgin Money are here to disrupt the status quo. They want everyone to have a much happier relationship with money. Through their brilliant colleagues, inspiring spaces and digital solutions, they are doing everything they can to offer a life more Virgin. They provide a full range of banking products and services to help founders at every stage of their business journey. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you'll join us next time for more founder stories.